one of the misconceptions around empathy, I feel like, is that there's only one kind. But actually, there are two types of empathy, or two, two major categories of, like, empathic activities, let's say. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Hello! Welcome to Shots of Purpose! <laughs> My... <laughs> hey, Brian. Hi. Hey. <laughs> How are you, Brian? It was an uncomfortably long pause while you were staring at me in a way that I thought yeah, was I, inviting me to make some kind of noise. Yeah, because I couldn't yeah, help and, laugh and you that. delivered. You delivered. You delivered excellently. Let's uh, cheers. Cheers. Boom. Nice. That's uh, because we're back from hiatus, right? That's a cool word. Absolutely. Hiatus. Hefe Weizen for the hiatus. Hiatus Weizen. Yeah. Some, uh, is, your, is yours from uh, Munchen? Oh, we have the... We have the same one. We have the same one. The well, Joost... Joost Marius Franciscana Weissbier. Nice. Weizen there beer. goes my anonymity. Um, so. You thought the MF was for motherfucker, but it wasn't. It's actually something else. Is it, though? Huh. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it is. Have you seen my birth certificate? Joost MF Liebrechts. That is very there we go. West Dutch of you. It's very Samuel Jackson of you. Um, where's Tom, Brian? Where is Tom? Do you know where Tom is? Is he upstairs? Oh, did we forget Tom? Shit, we forgot Tom. We forgot Tom. Tom, Tommy. If you're if you can come if you're coming down, then bring us a beer, please. Um, but in all seriousness, though, he is on vacation. Yep. So we took a very long break, um, but it was long enough, at least for Tommy, wasn't. And um, funny story is that we were going to do a podcast last week, mm-hmm. and then we didn't. <laughs> that's a great story right fantastic story. okay well um shall we get on with the show brian let's how, do it yeah how are you feeling let's rock and roll i'm feeling great awesome yeah yeah me too he was about to take a sip from his beer no but this is um we're gonna talk about empathy today Ooh, and that is i love talking i can talk about empathy all day that's that's a hot topic and i right? often do <laughs> he often does well is that so what do you talk about when you talk about empathy, empathy, Brian? I think the biggest questions that I get around empathy are why are, why is empathy important and how can we use empathy in a design process in like replicable, teachable ways? Huh. You know? How do you answer those questions? Well, it's a, let's spend this episode going through those answers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's just, okay. Let's just move the, let, let me, let me do the talking. You can take another. Okay. Swig, if you want to. I'm just going to write down why is empathy important in the design process. And I'm going to be sure to have your answer on that at the end of the show uh, or by the end of the show. Why is empathy important in design? And actually, well, I mean, well, yeah. Okay. That's actually yeah. really cool because so you talk about empathy a lot, but why, why, why is it that you talk about empathy a lot? And then, then we can move on to the, like the actual... Sure. Um, maybe it's interesting for us to talk already about sort of the reason why we're talking about empathy today. What is our application area with which do you, do you have a lightning decision jam coming up soon? Uh, yes, actually it's, it's funny cause I, I do, I host, so I, I do these workshops sometimes. Um, and usually the format is the lightning decision jam, which is like a very cool way of having m- more productive meetings and, mm-hmm. and like, solution building session so it's like a brainstorm 
on steroids or like a better brainstorm because brainstorming for an hour doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. This is like, it's a whole mixed bag of everyone gets listened to and everyone gets to add to the solution. And at the end of the day, everyone has a feeling that the solution is a little bit of their own because they all contributed. Okay, so that's the Lightning Decision Jam in a very tiny nutshell. Mm -hmm. Um, But now I have been asked to do a workshop at Design Thinking Conference in Amsterdam at the beginning of October. Cool. And yes, that is really cool. Um, but now they, which is- You have been uh, asked. Yes. They I've, approached you for this. Yes. Wow. That's true. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so the, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's cool, right? Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a conference for design thinkers and I've been asked to teach them something or give them give them a show, give them a little, little piece of magic or whatever. Burlesque? Uh, Hmm? Are you doing burlesque at the show? Yes, I'm doing burlesque. That's why it's called lightning decision, because there's going to be a lot of sparks um, <laughs> and a lot of decision making. Do I stay? Do I go? Do I give him five euros for more? So um, quick on your feet, Brian. I like that about you. So no. So they've they've asked in all seriousness, this is a conference for design thinkers. So that it's mm-hmm. not so much about the method itself, which I, which, which is usually what the workshop is about, yep. but they've asked to do something with the theme of the conference, which is empathy and empathy and design. So they'll have throughout the two days of the conference, they'll sweet. Yes. They'll have people like psychologists talking about certain subjects. Wow. So cool. that the people who are present will mm-hmm. learn something that will probably enrich their design thinking profession, so yep. to say. Nice. And this is how we got to talking about empathy and design today. Because I was actually like really hoping, or not hoping. I was, I don't, I don't hope when I talk with you about empathy. I know we'll get to s- some concrete results here. Um, so I was thinking that we could talk about it a little more, and then maybe we can we can derive from this a cool way to use the lightning decision jam to enrich the design process through or with empathy. Nice. So in essence, we're we're doing your work right now. We're preparing your session like in public kind of thing. Like an open kitchen. Like an open kitchen. Like an open kitchen. Well, yeah, it's actually- People it's can a, watch us cook now or listen to us cook. Listen to us cook in our <laughs> cook math in the basement. Uh, cook, cook math. <laughs> cook lightning decision jams. Uh, well, no, uh, yeah, it's kind of like that, I guess. It's not, I wouldn't say that it's it's going to be the end result, but I will definitely be inspired by this conversation. Okay, yeah, nice. Because it sounds like a nice framework with with which to discuss a topic like empathy. It becomes more focused. What kind I of framework? That sense. The framework of, of of figuring out how empathy can... How you can use a lightning decision jam to elucidate or bring empathy or discuss empathy in a conference like that. Elucidate? Elucidate is to literally, I think, to bring light to. Loose, like loose, like loose, like in mm-hmm. Spanish. Um, or, uh, you know, like lux. Right, like and, lux, uh, yeah. So or elucidate is to illuminate. bring, illuminate, to bring light onto something. That's a lot of fancy. That's a, that's a fa- fancy word. A and, lot, lots of fancy. Yeah, at least that's what I think it is. Okay. I could be wrong. If he's wrong, be sure to let us know on Twitter. Blame us. That shots of purpose. Twitter. <laughs> Just <laughs> getting that out there. Already. Total troll. Yeah, yeah. So, so this format. And actually, now that we're talking about it, I would love to be able to share this with the people maybe that are in that workshop on that day. So oh, it's yeah. like, hey, yo, shout out to the people that are that met me 
couple of days ago. Mm-hmm talking in the future hello yeah. hello welcome welcome to the shots of purpose podcast wow it's like Glad time travel it's time traveling such empathy that i can think to the future like what it would look like listening what it would sound like listening to something we recorded in august right that's empathy isn't it brian mm-hmm. it's nice that you mention it like that you think thinking because one of the misconceptions around empathy i feel like is that there's only one kind but actually, there are two types of empathy, or two two major categories of like empathic activities. Let's say there's effective empathy, which is emotional empathy, feeling with someone or feeling what someone else would feel, mm-hmm. and there's a cognitive empathy, or like you could call it intellectual or sort of thinking empathy, where it's more perspective taking and understand someone else's perspective and their needs. And it's like a formula. I don't necessarily know that it's a formula. I do have a formula, but it's around. It's more practical around like building empathy and what determines whether empathy happens or not. Uh, well, well, that's different. <laughs> no, so the reason why I bring up the 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 effective and and um, uh, effective and cognitive empathy is because there are a lot of different people that talk about empathy that that either they don't believe that it's um, useful for design or that empathy can be dangerous, and um, that's it's. I feel like a lot of those arguments against empathy are straw men arguments set up around one type of empathy specifically. And the straw men arguments, a straw man argument is a logical fallacy in which you set up a, a very weak, you look, you make your opponent's positions. Um, you frame it in such a way that you set it up as a straw, a very weak thing that you can easily blow over. Right. It's the straw man. Right. It's like you're building right, right. a scarecrow. Okay. And you just blow it over. So I feel like these, a lot of these arguments against empathy are basically setting up a straw man out of one type of empathy. And a lot of times the suggestions that they say of how to, to, to do better, um, are really a different way of saying you need to use both kinds of empathy and just, instead of just one. Okay. So how, how does, how does one do that? Use empathy. How does one use empathy? Well, um, okay. I guess that goes, goes back to our formula where I think that the, the the successful occurrence of empathy in an interaction depends on um, it's a it's a function of proximity and ability of the person or people who are trying to empathize. So the proximity is the closeness between the your experience and the experience of the person with whom you're trying to empathize. Mm-hmm. So if someone is very different from you and you are very unfamiliar with their their perspective or their life or their experience yeah then um the proximity is lower which makes it harder to empathize right but you can make up for that with really good empathic ability hmm. the ability is something we can train something we can learn something we can practice and we've seen that mindfulness meditation regular meditators have they like when you do mindfulness meditation on a regular basis, it literally alters your neurochemistry in such a way that the empathy centers in your brain are strengthened. And we've seen that? I'm sorry? You said we've seen that. Who's seen that? Oh, well, the scientific community. I'm sorry. I, yeah. No, don't be. Uh, I didn't mean to curious. say we as in the sense I'm not like conducting no, experiments. Look, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I, I'm listening and I was like, I'm, yeah. I can imagine people wondering like, okay, who, who did this? No, it's an excellent question. I just formulated it in a strange way. Basically, science has shown or there, there is um, compelling evidence collected by the scientific community that point to a hypothesis that states that, I'm very, being very like <laughs> empirically correct, 
um, that state uh, or that support a hypothesis that uh, meditation increases our ability to empathize at even a neurological, neurochemical level. Maybe that's why I said in the last podcast that I feel like I'm becoming an adult because I've, I've been doing mindfulness for three years now. Mm-hmm. Your brain's changing. Yeah. And it it's always will. That's a good Medit- thing. Mindful med- mindfulness meditation does a lot of stuff for us, um, for our body. Mind-body connection is incre- incredibly important and incredibly strong. And mindfulness is one of the great things that helps bring our minds and bodies more closely aligned together. System one, system two. It's fascinating. I, we could, I could talk about this also for hours 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 it's a good thing the door isn't locked so i can run away I'll just <laughs> let, run you, away. let you have your monologue you talked about the deci- decision making whether to stay should i stay or should i go now exactly. yeah yeah lightning decisions yeah so basically not so much a jam so the last thing i'll talk about about this this um this yeah. formula is that if one of those two things is zero then empathy can't work so proximity and ability if one of those yes yeah, so as long as two. as long as both of those are not zero then there's a chance but if one is zero, then the, then it doesn't matter how much you have of the other one, it just won't work. So it's like a multiplication. It's not an addition. Yes. Yeah. So Correct. you can't multiply with zero. Where right. you can, but then you, can, you, but then you get zero. zero out yeah. of it. Yeah, exactly. Nice. It's exactly. very efficient. Multiply with zero. Boom. You got nothing. Zilch. Nada. Zero. 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 <laughs> Nil. Nil. Nihil. Okay. Um, yeah. So we click. Okay. Yeah. Um, so what Does that answer your a, question? What? Does that answer your question? What was my question? How can we use empathy? Oh, how can we use empathy? And you you say that it goes through these two proximity and ability. But you, I think, I feel like that has explained how mm-hmm. empathy is used, but not so much how you would apply it. Because, ah, for example, well, yes. So, so in this in this formula, does it mean that if I stand closer to you, I can be more empathic? Not geographical proximity per se, but for example, if uh, it's easy, I'm looking at you now. You're a gentleman of caucasian descent caucasian ethnicity who is dutch and who is um, such a weird word by the way caucasian yeah i know caucus mountains it's like it's a whole geographical thing well, where is it where does the like asian the... come from okay sorry yeah continue i'm a caucasian male <laughs> right so caucasian but then also look like. you have an affinity for technology you um you know you wear glasses you have brown hair sort of things and if someone if there was like your twin brother sitting next to you Hey. You know, who is the, your clone, let's say, mm-hmm. then it wouldn't take very much empathic ability for you to understand and feel like what this person is feeling and put yourself in oh, that person's right, perspective. I, mean. yeah, yeah. I wouldn't want to be in this basement with him, though. He's obnoxious. Your clone? Yeah. Oh, he's horrible. Yeah, exactly. If he's anything like you, then it's... Well, I mean, I'm, he's my clone, so, like, why wouldn't he be? <laughs> One of me is enough. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's perfectly enough. I would say. This town ain't big enough for the both of us, boy. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, whose clone yeah. would be? No, um, okay. So basically, okay, yeah. that this is yeah. the this is the extreme of high proximity, and what we see in Silicon Valley very much, and especially oh, yeah. big tech, is that um, people are creating uh, products and services that are being used by um, everybody in the world, and that are not serving the needs of people with, let's say, uh, a physical handicap, for example, because these people are underrepresented in product development teams, or people of color, or um, women, or People um, that aren't necessarily Western or have Western uh, cultural identity. So a lot of the times when we're creating products and services, we come at it from a certain perspective of Western, white, male, with certain preconceived notions of of what technology is, what good music is, um, whatever. 
I don't think we know what good music is, but sure. well, this is well, this is a funny one because when I when you asked Google, because your house has this fucking Google surveillance system in it, and you were asking it, Google surveillance system, of course, yeah, sure. It's like yeah, East, go ahead. It's no, like fine. East Berlin, but in Con- your house. Continue. Only. <laughs> I feel less oppressed though. <laughs> okay, fair it enough. Enables me because you have privilege. No, but um, because I have privilege, of course. So you yeah. asked it. You asked it for dinner music, and it played some like classical type of music. Uh, yeah, which has. Which I, I get, but for me, that's already that's already biased towards a certain worldview right. of what dinner music should be. Yeah, yeah. Well, usually, Do you know what, what I mean? it actually does is it gives me Italian music. This was this was a very weird response to my request. The the one huh. that we heard, we heard a little bit of like a Christmassy, weird dinner music, like relaxing but with bells and stuff. It's like this is it got me nervous. It's not usually what I get when I ask for dinner music. Interesting. Yeah. How did that make you feel? Um, very empathic. <laughs> is it empathic or emphatic? Now, emphatic is different. Emphatic right? is something else. What is emphatic, emphatic is an, a, like an exclamation point. Makes something more emphatic. Ah, right. Like, Emph- I oh, emphatically em- object, Your Honor. You emphasize something. Emphasize. Em- emphasize. This is, this I is empathize so, something. This is what em- emphasis in, uh, yeah. in like Markdown. Yeah, I, I see. What you mean. T- yeah, yeah, like italics or bold. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, bold. Exactly. Mm. Or black, even. That's more bold. Seven hundred. That's bolder. 900. Yeah, I think so. Nerd speak. <laughs> if you know what we mean, give us a shout out. Boop, boop. Yep. Um, hashtag CSS. Hashtag standards. <laughs> hashtag CSS. Um, hashtag. Okay, so just to go back qu- really quickly to the formula. Yeah. You've written it down. Um, I have written it down. It looks very algebraic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, basically, you know, if if someone is different from you, it takes a little bit more empathic ability mm-hmm. to be able to empathize with them. So you have to, and more effort, maybe. Yeah. Maybe effort should be part of this, too. I actually haven't thought about that. Well, is an ability though? Isn't doesn't ability mm. include effort? Not necessarily, because if you're maybe you don't have that much empathic ability yet. Uh-huh. You know, maybe someone isn't very good at it, or they're coming at coming at it for the first time. Me, sure. But then there are different techniques that we can use to increase proximity. Yeah, right. Which offset the let's yeah, say gap yeah. in ability, so it helps to so it create increases the understanding. I suppose. Yes, I, I yes. W- that's at least what I would think. Because for example, like the whole. Refugee crisis in Europe, right? That that's that's a very clear example. Excellent example, yes. Yeah, where where proximity is way off because people just they don't understand. Well, this is also like they don't understand, right? I hear myself speaking, but a, a lot like of the misunderstanding. UN, for example, wouldn't under UNHCR. What the humanitarian UNHCR is the people that that deal with refugees, right? If you say so. Oh, <laughs> no, I've, I believe you. But what, yeah. like, what, what I'm saying is in your average Joe, your average European. See, that's already guy, a bias. That's already a bias. It's statement. super biased. Yeah. But OK, well, if we look at recent political events, mm-hmm. there has been a lot of voting against the whole refugee yeah. thing. Right. Like yeah. refugees. And, and this is usually, I think, has to do with the proximity. Of course. And not even with ability. Yeah. Because, of, of course, people that are able to do this. But it's just proximity. Right. We don't understand why these people are here, and if they're here, we don't understand them. Saying we, of course, I'm sim- I'm oversimplifying right. this. No, but that, that's a, it's actually a great. Uh, excuse me, it's a great observation. It's also them. It's a great observation because people with a higher empathic ability and empire empathic desire, let's say, don't have so much trouble accepting refugees, for example. Yeah, and um, there was I don't remember the name of this particular um, person or production team. But there was an artist who created a VR, I think it was called Clouds Over oh. Syria. Oh. It was a VR experience of what it's like 
to have the day in the life of a Syrian refugee in a refugee camp. Hmm. And that person took this to UNHCR. Right. I forget what the initials stand for, but it's United Nations something about refugees. And yeah. they deal with refugees around the world. And they're basically the ones who come up with the rules around when you have to accept refugees and when you can turn them away. And Humanitarian what consist- care for refugees? Something like HCR? this. I don't remember exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, but basically what this person wanted to do was increase the proximity right. through immersion and simulation. Yeah. Um, so that people would be more would vote more favorably towards right. humanitarian things and giving more funding towards humanitarian organizations and people who are yeah. making the refugee camps and stuff. And this worked. It was actually um, quite effective from what I read. There's a, a, a I think in The Verge, I read a nice article on it. And um, VR is one of these interesting sort of simulation and immersion tools that yeah. help us to decrease proximity with different people. Because it helps put us in someone else. Increase, sorry. Yes. Yeah, I see what you mean. Like proximity. Yeah. Increase Decreases proximity. proximity. Yeah. Yeah, it, it makes us closer together. Exactly. Proximity yeah, is yeah. the closeness. It's yeah. closeness, so it increases proximity. Yeah. Okay, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it decreases distance. Distance would be, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it decreases distance. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> this is going to be an awkward podcast now. I'm going to have to what? do the monologue. No, you have to, I, I jinxed. We no, said the same thing. No, because we did not say it at the same time. Oh, okay. That's fine, Brian. You can talk now. Because I said Brian. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. So we have. So we. Okay. So then. For, so. So but how do we use this in design? No. Okay. Well, one one more question before that is yeah. that what are some of like if you're not so so you've heard this equation and you're like hmm, I want to give this a shot like how do you like what are some simple tips to increase proximity? Okay. I have a general. And just talking about design thinking now, because we're, t- we're going into the thing about design thinking and design thinkers and for design in general, that what does empathy do for design practice? Um, I refer to a wonderful paper, and I think this is part of the PhD thesis of uh, Frauke Schleswig-Fisser, whose work I really, really love. Um, she was part of the team at TU, at the Technical University of Delft, the Delft University of Technology, yeah. who came up with the context mapping um, technique. It's a generative ideation tool or a set of tools. Actually, it's a toolkit uh, for design thinkers to help other people to to first get in touch with their latent needs and desires and actually do something with those. And as part of that, they she created the empathy design empathy framework, which I love. So it's four steps. Basically, the <clears throat> the idea behind it is that most design has three steps. And the design empathy framework adds a fourth step huh. in, the, in the middle. So we see that step one is discovery. This is where we see that something needs to be done or that there is a need that we can help. There's something that we can, you know, somebody whom we can build something for or design something for. Right. Discovery. And then there's immersion. This is where we start doing research and start trying to understand, let's say, the problem space. And step three is the one that we usually skip in normal design that is included in empathic design. Mm, Um, So the step four is detachment. This is where we go off. We detach from the subject matter or for the, from the the person or the world for whom we're trying to design. And we go design things. This is when we go back to the office and start pushing pixels or start designing clay models and stuff. You know, we start making our thing. Right. Yeah. But step three between immersion and detachment in the empathic design framework is connection. 
connection. And this is what empathy is all about. It's not about thinking of what you would do in a specific situation. It's thinking about how you would feel in a similar, like in a situation that made you feel the same way that the other person feels. So it's not about the external reality. It's not about the situation itself. It's more about something in your life, personal, like a personalized or personalization thing that makes you feel the way that the other person is feeling so that you can understand their feeling right. and not necessarily the external the stimulus. Yeah. Yeah. And this is also lesson one of method acting. Huh. Inside out acting. It's not about thinking, you know, what would I do if, uh, you know, if there was an alien trying to oh, blow up my right. planet because that's too yeah, far yeah. away from my real, the proximity between what do you mean? That's very Avengers real. and my own reality is yeah. very low. But, because, yeah, <laughs> you're looking up in the air with the making a I'm joke. I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, I know you're kidding. But like. In silence. Basically, if I can understand what, uh, uh, I don't know, like Steve Rogers is thinking in a certain moment. Captain America. Captain America. Yeah. Captain America. Yeah. What he's thinking in a certain moment. He's worthy. Can, I'm what sorry. He's think, what? what he's thinking in a moment. What are you talking about? He's, he's a worthy. He's, a, he's worthy. Yeah. Oh, because he got the hammer. Right. Yeah, yeah. I knew it all along. Exactly. <laughs> no, because we saw it move in none of the other movies. It's yes, really cool. it, it was at the the end credit the end credit scene. Oh after, yeah, uh, true. Avengers. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. they were having drinks. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, cool. So, so, um, basically, with acting, it's because when when uh, what's his what's his name? The guy who plays Steve Rogers. Yeah. No, the actor who plays him. Yeah, Steve Rogers. Is his name Steve Rogers? No. No. What's his name? Oh, man. I love this guy. He's really, he's, he's actually Chris, wise, dude. Yeah, it's Chris, uh, Chris Hemsworth. No, not Hemsworth. Chris. Chris Hemsworth is Thor. Yeah, it's not Chris Pratt. It's Chris Hemsworth. It's Chris, Chris Evans. Chris Evans. Shout so out when to Chris, you, Chris Evans. You're cool. Yo, Chris Evans. So whenever Chris Evans or Chris Hemsworth are thinking about how their characters should feel in a certain moment, I'm not sure if these guys are like inside out actors or outside in actors. That's a whole different color and a whole other conversation, but. Basically, if they're inside out actors, then they're concentrated on a moment in whatever they're in a, and trying to recreate inside themselves an emotional reality that their character needs to show feel on screen. Or show, yeah. Feel on screen. Yeah. Yeah. Then um, the technique behind that is to personalize the situation to yourself. Yeah. So to bring your mind and your, your affect into a space. That's the same by recalling some experience that you've had in your past that made you feel the way that this this character would feel in this moment. Okay, that, that sounds very sense? clear to me. Yeah, it makes it makes a lot of sense. No, no, it, it makes okay. a lot of sense. I yeah. hope it's clear to the listeners because I I just explained it in an extremely convoluted way. So, so I apologize. question: when when this is okay? So I I really like that you took it to Chris Evans. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> No, it makes it makes me understand. Like, okay, so Captain America. It's yeah, it's really funny because Captain America is such a feely guy. Um, well, he is at the end of the most recent Avengers movie, right? He's like, no, I'm going to stay this way. And that was nice. Um, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but okay. So you, my question was some simple tips to reduce proximity. Right. Yeah. So the, the, the over the underlying or overarching theme or idea is, is that what I described? So it's about connecting someone yeah. else's reality to something in your reality that helps you feel the same way that they do. Right. Like the, 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 let's say discrepancy or the understanding the difference between your internal reality and the external reality. Um, 
there's different ways to play with that. Uh, well, to increase proximity, I mentioned already, mindfulness meditation is great for understanding how your body feels and oh. understanding how to use your body to create an emotional reality with yourself. That increase ability? Yeah. Because oh, if yeah. you practice over and over, then you, you get better at this. Yeah, because I thought, because, you know, okay, yeah. Yeah, so, so one, it increases ability. Yeah, so, okay. Um, here's a little bit of a tangent, if you want. I think it's really interesting. So people who get... Let's find out. Anxiety attacks. Yeah. Panic attacks. Yeah. Um, there are ways to help Ooh. people with, or with panic attacks to Sorry. prevent them. It's by helping them understand the body signals that their body is trying to give them and interpret them and like get in the way of their body interpreting them as, as a, uh, there's a problem. Right. Meaning... Because uh, I uh, actually, when I was studying psychology, we went to the Maastricht um, Angst Centrum. It's like a, the anxiety center therapy center of in Maastricht, and they were telling <laughs> sounds like a thriller house. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> anxiety center. Yeah, um, open at Halloween. So <laughs> basically, when when people who have a heart attack, usually their their heart will start pounding, and their their breathing will become more shallow and more more um, like faster. Fast, yeah. And that's like an emotional response to some kind of external stimulus. The body just does this stuff right. non-consciously. Yeah. And then something in their, in their system will interpret these signals, faster heart rate, faster breathing, right. as something's wrong, yeah. fight or flight, you better get the fuck out of here right now. And then that's what helps them to go into the state of, of the panic attack. But if you are a person who is prone to panic attacks, and you can normally, and you can like f- see that you're, you notice that your heart rate is getting faster and your, your breathing is getting more shallow and you can kind of use that moment as a trigger to in, like take inventory of your surroundings. Am I safe? Is everything okay? And you can kind of give yourself this emotional loop like, no, everything's fine. Yeah. And you, you start changing your breathing, which then helps you change your heart rate and you can prevent a panic attack from happening. Is that also where the usually like breathing into a little bag comes from? I guess. I'm not sure. Okay. I never heard of that. I've seen it in movies a lot, but yeah. I don't know. Uh, maybe. But basically this, this connection with mind-body, what these people are doing, in, in essence, is creating a, an emotional reality by using their body. Yeah, right. And actors do this a lot, too. So if you were to see uh, Marathon Man, for example, there's a scene with um, Dustin Hoffman being tortured by um, Laurence Olivier. And this is funny because Laurence Olivier is an outside-in actor and Dustin Hoffman is inside-out. So in order to get the feeling of, uh, of, of exhaustion and total, like, tiredness, Dustin Hoffman stayed up for, like, three days or something. Like, didn't sleep for, maybe it was less than that. Is that outside-in? This is, well, he was basically using his body so that when he's in the scene, his, um, um, he doesn't concentrate on what his body's doing. He concentrates on the feeling and the body comes naturally. Right. So he's going into creating, using his body to create an emotional reality, which then will automatically help him to react in the moment of the scene. Mm-hmm. Whereas Lawrence Olivier is someone who studies very hard. This is like more old school, more, let's say, old Russian um, type of, uh, uh, or English, more English style of acting where it's like, they concentrate more on how you're supposed to position your face and your hands. And it's much more, they don't want to feel what the character is trying to feel. Yeah. But they just want to present it. Right. Yeah, yeah. No matter what's going on inside them. So that's the difference between outside in and inside out. Which one is which? 
Inside Out is method acting or whatever. This is where you try to put yourself in the ah right. So the character shoes so that awake. you yeah so that you uh you know yeah react authentically in the moment. Let's right. say because you're feeling what the other person would be feeling. Yeah, and the outside in is more technical. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the yeah. Okay. It's right, more like cool. I, I know this person would uh, pick this cup up with this level of speed, and you know, kind <laughs> this of thing. level of speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it works. That's but. usually how I calculate my the trajectory. The trajectory from cup to mouth. Trajectory, cup to mouth, cup trajectory. To mouth. Yeah, exactly. Cup to mouth trajectory. Cup to mouth. CTM trajectory. CTMT. Boom. Cheers. Um, <laughs> so, okay. That was so a... Did that answer your question, by the way? Uh, so that was one thing on ability. So proximity, different ways to <laughs> enhance proximity. It was a nice tangent. Yeah, yeah, sorry. But there's a bunch. So uh, like, okay. VR. But, okay, hold on. I. Th- what yeah, about just talking with people? Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. That it seems like it, a very simple thing to increase it, proximity. It helps. it helps, absolutely. Ask questions, mainly, or, and listen. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So we're just not, come on, dude, <laughs> don't do this. But this you asked it. me a question, and then you started talking before I could answer it. So. Well, I mean, I, I gave you 15 minutes to answer the question. <laughs> That's fair enough. You had 15 minutes That's to fair enough. Okay, I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. My apologies. Okay, so Empathy. Empathy. When we could, this is another beautiful thing. Empathy for me, and this goes a little bit back to what we were talking about, the Rudy. Yeah. About letting the diamonds resonate with each other. Yeah. Cracking open the armor, let you, you know, letting vulnerability meet vulnerability. Right. If, and, and this is also Kintsugi. So you were talking about Kintsugi earlier before we started the podcast, where the, um, this is the Japanese art of making broken things even more precious by, for example, taking a, um, broken a ceramic, cup cup or a yeah. plate or bowl or whatever and then gluing it like breaking it on purpose or taking something that's already broken and gluing it back together with what they use a lot is um i think gold yeah glue. gold gold yeah and it looks beautiful mm-hmm. and it's basically that this broken thing is more beautiful because of the cracks character it's character and then this is something that was very extremely profound insight in my own life was that in all the places where i'm broken this isn't something that I need to be ashamed of. It's something that I can, if I want to, it's an opportunity for me to use what I'm broken to help to connect with people where they're broken. Right. Yeah. And then what's broken resonates with each other. And then we can feel empathy for each other and we can make authentic connections. That's also, I think there's been studies on this where they say that the people that have gone through like really traumatic stuff, they are, it's easier for them to empathize with other people even though like so for example um the first thing that comes to my mind is that when your house was on fire when you were a kid it's easier to empathize when someone's house flooded for example right because you've gone through like leaving the house at a certain point like empathizing becomes easier because of course then i guess you're more proximate yeah you're more close you're closer to like having that feeling where like the the situation triggered a certain emotional response absolutely right absolutely and this is one of the the ways that you can increase your empathic ability is just by going through shit experiencing things in life you know going through seeing stuff uh, is that why people are wise uh maybe one of the reasons oh yeah because they have lots of experience they've gone through a lot of shit yeah but there's a lot of 20 year olds that have gone (sighs) through more stuff than 60 year old people just yeah exactly that's what i was that's what i (laughs) was about to say just imagine this generation like well, I mean, you're like a whole generation ahead. Uh, <laughs> you're almost 40. But anyway, just imagine like 
what is it, Gen Y? So people that are now like 20, 20 ish. I guess. They, they, I don't keep track of these gen letters. I'm, I'm done now. No, it's no, like I'm too many just, for okay, me to. Okay, let's say that like these 20, hey, 20 year olds, <laughs> 20 year olds, they become old. They've gone through, or their life, I mean, their life has probably had more stuff, even though that old, old people, generalizing <laughs> life, old people <laughs> have gone through world wars, right? But maybe. But, there's but not so everybody, much more but not stuff every, happening. Not, every, not all the old people have gone through the world war in the same way. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Someone whose family was put in a, in a concentration camp and who survived the concentration camp themselves has a different story different. for the war yeah. than someone who lived a privileged life and uh, nothing really happened to them and didn't really notice much of the war. Yeah. Well, you know? that's not my grandma. That happens. But yeah. I talked with her about that. That was cool. It was wow. Yeah. Awesome. She didn't really want to talk about it. Oh. <laughs> but she did anyway, which is cool. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. That's nice that you helped her open that little Pandora's box. Or a treasure chest of treasure chest, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But this so but it goes back to proximity, like you say. Yeah. So talking, asking questions, listening, yeah. especially listening. I think listening is a very good tool. Absolutely. Yeah. So especially empathic interviewing. So I have like um I don't know what they are now, but like <laughs> I've been writing down I've been trying to compile a list of different tips. About how to in- make for? interviews more um, empathic. What are you writing this stuff? Like, uh, where are you collecting that stuff? I, maybe I'm putting in a book. I'm writing a book soon. I'm actually writing a book now. Like, oh, I have a call tomorrow. Tomorrow's Thursday, right? Yes. Tomorrow um, is if, Thursday. If someone from a publisher is going to call me tomorrow, Damn. we're going to talk about if we're going to work together or not. You are moving forward, Brian. I hope so, man. How it's been way been... too long. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so lazy with this damn book. It's just really hard. <laughs> What the Dutch would say, a stick behind the door. A stick behind the door, yeah. help me finish, yeah. It's raining steel pipes. It's um, raining pipes. Okay, Brian. <laughs> what if I'm done with listening right now? Yes, good. Please. Empathy. Take it over, Workshop. Baby. Boom. Whew. How does... Okay, so imagine. Yep. <laughs> imagine. Taking you on a... Imagine you've gone through a conference of one and a half days where... You've listened to different experts talk about probably the brain, probably about feelings, talking about empathy. Excuse me. Um, you've gone through one and a half days of that. You've gone through a couple of workshops. And now that you are, you're a design thinker, so you already know like post-its are basically your weapon of choice. Um, <laughs> Reminds me of something. What does it remind R- you Remind of? me later to show you my ninja portfolio. Your ninja portfolio? My ninja portfolio. Oh, God. Um, I feel like you make shuriken out of post-its. Really? Got, exactly right. Oh. And he, the Sharpie is my katana, and he's like standing on top of a, of a Wacom tablet. And one of, so I have like a few different pictures of like the ninja and like a design research and about me. So you do origami or do you, like, did you draw it? I drew it. Oh, you drew it. I okay. drew it in Photoshop. Anyway, so yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool. Yeah. Well, I'll show you later. Sorry. Sorry to bore you, the rest of you listeners. Oh, um, maybe maybe you can show the rest of the world? <gasps> I could put it online somewhere. It used to be online. I'll have to upload it on my server, so I think it should be somewhere. What about our Twitter? Yeah, no, but it's got to be put online before someone can see it. Oh, you could post the image on Twitter. It's an, is, it, is it not? So it was my website back in the day. My first website oh. was this. Origami Ninja Post-it Man. No, yeah. Sorry. Oh, I think Origami is giving it too much credit. Oh. 
Well, I mean, it's, it's like okay. a cartoon ninja. Yeah, but origami is just a <laughs> Japanese word for folding paper, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But if you could fold paper to look like a ninja with shuriken post-it, that's cool. Well, I mean, it, it wasn't it, that cool. Anyway, so talk about your thing. Talk Sorry. about my thing. Well, I, 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 I need. Well, I'm, I was hoping. Can you help me with my thing, Brian? Depends on what thing we're referring to now. The the one thing that this whole podcast is supposed to be about. You know the the workshop. Your lightning. The, yes, my Speaking lightning. Speaking of Thor. Speaking of lightning Thor, decision jam, am I worthy? I think you are. Okay. Cool. Yeah. But what? So what do you want to get? Let me out grab of... my Mjolnir, my Mjolnir uh, mock-up <laughs> thing. I have hidden here. <laughs> Mjolnir mock-up. Mjolnir. Oh, that's cool. Okay, here it is. I'd pick it up for you, but I can't. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's heavy. That thing is huge. Mm-hmm. Didn't realize. It's about yeah. It's a one-to-one. Wow. Replica. Do you have the axe as well? Oh, oh yes. A Groot is here somewhere as well. <laughs> ah, Groot, ah, can ah. you come on out? I am Groot. This is off the rails. <laughs> you know, rails are made with wood. Ruby on rails. Ru- it, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Why'd you have to nerd out like that? <laughs> okay, so help you with your thing. What is it that we want to accomplish with the Lightning Decision Jam? It's one and a half. Uh, I've been at a conference for one day and a half. Day and a half, yeah. I've been listening to... That sounds better. Day and a half. <laughs> I've been listening to different experts talk about the brain, talk about feelings, talk about empathy. Yeah different perspectives, and then you come in and you're facilitating a lightning decision jam where at the end we want to have a... Epiphany. No, okay, what I, what I would want to achieve is... Oh man, you're making it so dramatic <laughs> with the hands and stuff. Uh, what, well, what I would love, what would be amazing for the people there is to have a certain... have to have a certain enrichment of their toolbox Mm -hmm. so using the empathic skills like maybe yeah yeah let's infuse infuse the the lightning decision jam or this workshop with some empathy there was a little piece of thread on top of your microphone oh my god (laughs) it was bothering you it was because i had to fucking stare at it every time i looked at you while you're talking oh you could have just looked at me instead of the fucking thing on my microphone there goes our ration, uh, rating. Look at me, honey bunny. If any of you motherfucking pricks, oh yeah, you're so motherfucking. we're gonna have to 18 plus rate this episode again. <laughs> Sorry, can Apple. Cut, we can also cut this part out. No, right? it's, well, like, there's, there's, you talked about my name before, right? So there's no cutting that out. There's no going back from that. Which one is yours? Know where it was. It's the one that says Yost motherfucker. Exactly. <laughs> All right, cool. Under um. So in order to work through answering that question now, yeah. it would be helpful for me to understand in a very high level way, what is lightning decision jam and what, what's the, the, what comes out of it? What goes into it and what comes out? Okay. What goes in is the whole idea is that you have a group of people. So you start with like three to about, you can do, you can do it with 10 people, but that becomes a lot. But so, so there's a group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a topic, so you have a challenge. Yeah. And then you start, you start by, you kind of start with empathizing. So you start with like, what's going right when we're talking about this topic. So for example, the last one we did is how can we increase each other's sustainable behavior? Mm -hmm. So then you start like, okay, what's going, what's going well already. So for example, people, uh, are stimulated by subsidies to install solar panels, right? 
um, these types of examples. Then, you, but this is like a warm up, so that you basically what you do is you write one idea per post-it, very sustainable. Um, you write it on a post-it, you stick it on a wall, everyone sees it, and the whole idea of this is that every idea has the same weight. Can I say one thing? Yeah, the post-its that you use are actually recycled. That's true. They so, are. That's they are recycled for that very reason. It's so very. It's, it's so very bad. interesting. It's that less you have, unsustainable. Yes. So it's very interesting that you have that there are companies working on their sustainable solutions on non-sustainable materials. Right? It's just funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, these are like tiny things we can do to make it a little bit better, just yeah. a little bit better. Yeah. So if you have post-its lying around and they're almost out, maybe buy, consider maybe buying recycled post-its. Don't post-it. consider maybe buy recycled post-its now. Oh, okay. Well, now. That's, that's, do it that's, now. That's, that's one way of Get doing Get down. It. Go to the store. <laughs> okay, Brian. Go be a shopper. Um, so yeah, they are recycled post-its. You write them on the, so the whole idea of, of the whole idea of lighting decision jam is to get everyone on the same page so that you all understand the challenge the same way. So Mm -hmm. you, it, it becomes very clear, very quickly what everyone considers to be actual problems, right? Because you do noting and voting. So everyone writes down what they think works and also what they think problems are in different rounds. And then once you stick all those problems um, so let's take the problem round. You start with problems. So what what do you consider problems when we're talking about a certain topic? Stick them on a wall, and then you get three sticky dots that you enable you to cast your vote on one or multiple mm-hmm. problems. Yeah. By which you show, okay, so I find this an important problem that we need to solve. Then when you do this with multiple people, I'm sorry, may I interrupt you? No, I'm getting a little bit lost in the details now. Could okay. you give me an overview of what are the phases? Because you or rounds. You mentioned there's a round. Mm-hmm. So what are the what are the like it's, what's the rounds before we go into each round? What's the round before what, we go like, into each what, round? No, no, no. What are the rounds? So it's diverging, uh huh, converging, yeah, and then diverging the convergence. <laughs> Basically, so okay. So the idea is you you create a bunch of ideas, yeah. You then narrow it down yeah. with the voting process. Ah, okay, yeah, check. And you do this with you you, you okay so. Warm-up round yeah. is positivity, so you start with a positive flow. Mm-hmm. Then the actual round is you start with, so you start with collecting all the problems. Yeah. So everyone kind of brainstorms about what they think are problems. Mm-hmm. And then you do the voting so that it becomes clear what everyone else thinks are real problems. So, for example, there could be one problem that gets four sticky dots. Mm-hmm. So it becomes clear, oh, okay, so multiple people think this is an important problem that needs to be yeah. solved. Yeah. And because you do this in silence, within 10 minutes, it becomes super clear what your team thinks are problems. This is amazing. Yeah. I use this for defining MVP. Defining MVP. Yes. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for, yeah, you could do that, right? So then yeah. everyone, it becomes clear what everyone thinks needs to be the... What are the requirements? Yeah. And then we vote on the requirements and then the ones with the, you know, we have a cutoff, the ones with the top, I don't know, if you have to have at least three dots or more to uh, yeah. make it to MVP and the rest go on the roadmap nice. and brrr, like that. Yeah. So this is like noting and voting. It's just, it's that simple. Cool. Noting, and voting, noting and voting is a very effective tool for almost any type of meeting. Um, we could use noting and voting right now to smoking and joking, noting and voting. Hmm. Yeah, we're gonna. Um. Okay. Um, <laughs> we're gonna move right past that. Yeah, let's do that. Uh. So that that's the essence. It's like gathering problems, then yeah. creating solutions, voting on the solution, so it becomes clear. So these are what everyone thinks are potential yeah. solutions, and then you make the solutions very concrete with like a. 
impact effort mm-hmm. graph. So Ooh, you do nice. so by using very simple tools where everyone just shouts higher or lower, you yeah. decide on impact, you do the same with oh, effort. Nice. So you get your high impact, low effort ideas that you can experiment with quickly, right? Nice. So you're your low hanging fruits, so to say. Yeah. So and then you make those concrete with like, so if we were to try this out in the next two weeks, what mm-hmm. would be the first step? What would be the second step? Ooh. So I would call this person and then we would invite him for coffee. That's two steps already. Okay. And the third step is like, we'll, we'll talk with him about his things, right? So that we learn from him. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah. yeah. So within an hour, if you do this, if you're skilled with this method, you can go within one hour from challenge mm-hmm. to kind of concrete experiments that you can try out. What if I'm not skilled with this method? And then I it need takes someone you one to, and a half hours. And I need to do. I need to get <laughs> someone to facilitate it for me. Uh, where where can I go? You can go to purposedesign.nl. Yay! Yay! <laughs> or find me on LinkedIn and send me a message. We got you your shameless plug. Are you no, ready? Yeah. My shameless. Well, I mean, it's it's kind of shameful when you do it this way. Yeah. Right? Isn't it? Wow. Let us know on Twitter at shots of purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! Shameless plug, Mister Meta. That's what the M and MF is for. Mister Meta. 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 Yeah. Well done. Uh. But you've inspired me. Oh. So I have an idea of what the premise of the Lightning Decision Jam could be. Oh, awesome. Let me hear it. Let us hear it. How are we going to do empathy now? What are our next steps to integrate empathy into our design process? Ooh. And then each of those. the Lightning Decision Jam. Yeah. And each of the the post-its is an idea of how to do that. And then you vote on them and and then you get like a prioritization. Yeah. So how how do we use what we've learned to improve our design process, our design thinking. Specifically around using empathy in design. Yeah, with yeah, so so how do we improve our design thinking what we learned these past days? Boom. Yeah. Right? yeah. So that's yeah, what yeah, I would yeah, say yeah, on yeah, stage. Yeah. Spoiler. So if you're listening to this podcast, you're gonna be at the design thinking conference, you might have already know known, you might already know what we will what we will be talking about. So prepare now. Read yes. lots of Schleswig Fischer. Read some what else can you read? Oh, there's oh yeah, yeah, so much. So, okay, yeah. so so let's talk a little bit. Brene let's... Brown, Roman Krasnachik. Krasna, crap, I don't know how to spell or how to pronounce his last name. Maybe maybe you can look it up later. Yeah. Anyway, um, so what I usually do. So you were before the podcast. You were you were you were very sure. You were certain that I prepare these workshops in a certain fashion. <laughs> I thought so. Yeah. I mean, I assumed, but that, I mean, I guess I made an ass of you and me. A little, no, a little bit of a open kitchen here is yes, that yeah. I do think ahead of, so so when I pick a topic, so usually mm-hmm. these workshops are about the method. So for example, last week I did one yeah. and the, the, like the meta theme was how to have better meetings using sure. this method, right? Yeah. And we did it about the sustainable behavior yeah. as a, as a, yeah, as a, as a challenge that we all mm-hmm. kind of know. Okay. So usually yeah. what I do, I, I, I take the subject and then I go yeah. through the stages in my head. It's like, okay, so if we're gathering problems, then this could happen. If we're gathering, so if we're making solutions, this would happen. Mm-hmm. So let's, maybe we can do that with this, for example. So how do we improve design thinking using empathy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so um, how do we improve? For example, how do, we, how do we employ empathy in our design process or design thinking process? Yeah. So let's see, let's start with like what's going wrong. Right. So yeah. when we're talking about empathy, like what's going wrong with this? Do you have some stuff in your mind? Ooh. Like what would you write on your post-its? What I, well, yeah. Lack of empathy. I would say basically this is going back, this is going back to the very beginning where we said, why is empathy important? Like what is it, what can it do? What does empathy, or can empathy offer to design Yeah. or to product development in general? Yeah. And the one thing I've seen is that like 
There have been multiple studies that basically show that nine out of every 10 startups will fail. They just fail for different reasons. And the reasons that most, the studies that I've looked at, like there's a top 10 list of reasons why startups fail, why it doesn't work out. And six out of the five, six out of the 10 reasons are some kind of permutation of we built something that people don't want. Right. You know, yeah. there's no product market fit or uh, there wasn't enough uh, uh, people to, to, to buy it or it wasn't, you know, um, people needed something else or didn't have the right features, blah, blah, blah. It's yeah, all about yeah, we yeah. built the, the market wrong. market wasn't ready for it. Whatever. Yeah. We, we built the wrong thing, basically. So yeah. what empathy helps us do is to go beyond what people um, and OK, I'm going to refer to a model, another model from Slaysvak Fisser here where she talks about um, basically there's a, a kind of a hierarchy and she puts it in a um, in a pyramid, and there are three stages of the pyramid. And the, the the top surface stage is what people say. This is what people can consciously tell you. When you ask them a question, they'll respond with X Y Z. This is what people say, right? That's one level of understanding of what people what people want and what people this is get. This is a very long post it. <laughs> True. Okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> sorry for so, putting it no, that no, way. No, 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 that's fine. Okay, no, no but that's perfect. That's yeah. perfect. What I'll do uh, to com- to put it together is that latent needs, um, the problem is that we don't discover latent needs. And the problem is, okay, so, okay, well, okay, the problem is that a lot of people, people don't know what they want or yeah. they need or what they really, what their real and latent needs are. That's yeah. why they're latent. Because they're invisible. They're like buried deep oh, under. Right, right, right. Yeah. So people themselves don't understand, so they can't articulate them. Yeah. And we can't see them because people can't articulate them, if yeah. that makes sense. So beyond what people say and do, we mm-hmm. can also observe what people do, which gives a little bit more insight. Yeah. But what people feel and dream and actually know and the meaningful needs are often buried way deeper than right. just so observable behavior. What would that be? Like, what, what would you write on an actual post-it? Like, what would that... Like, so the problem words, would be like uh, latent needs. Latent needs Boom. or people don't know what they want. Yeah, but that, I mean, latent needs says that because okay. the needs are latent. Okay, yeah. But yeah, you could say that too. People don't know what they want. Right. And people can't, or better yet, people can't tell us what they want. Hmm. Okay, so that's, Yeah. Cool. We have to get it from yeah. them a little bit. It's like a little bit more like pulling teeth almost, <laughs> but what maybe else? less painful. Um, way things are not going well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're gathering the stuff that we're going to solve later. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Misconceptions around empathy, I would say. Kind of what, how I begin my little diatribe, I guess, of saying that people conflate uh, effective and cognitive empathy with each other or they only understand one of those things as actual empathy. Okay. Whereas we need both. That's a problem within design thinking is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So there's like a mixture of these two. Uh, like it's m- either a mixture, yeah. either a conflation or people only focus on one and they think that's empathy. And then oh, the other right, one right, right, they don't yeah. see as empathy. Let's okay. Say. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. What else would I say? That's not going so well. I would say that there's people don't understand the benefit of, using empathy. Okay. So the benefit of understanding latent needs. Right. There's a lot of people who think like, oh, just ask the customer what they want and they'll tell you what they want. Yeah, no. Yeah. There's that famous misattributed quote to to like um Henry Ford. Hmm. Like if people would if oh, I would yeah. if I would ask what people want, they'd say they want a faster horse. Right. I don't know if I don't think he really actually said that. Would have been more sustainable, faster horses. Maybe. <laughs> well you'd Wouldn't have manure it? everywhere now, right? Isn't that the, the big argument? Well you could have people shoveling that. That's also sustainable. Like you have more people 
working. Well, it's, it's a lot not more it's, methane in the, in the greenhouse it's, gases. Yeah, it's true, but it's not a very. It's not a very. Uh, I feel like we are veering. A no, little hold bit on. Off I have to finish this because I sounded like a dick when I said that. It's like <laughs> it's not a very fulfilling job, How and we, it? it's very sustainable when people can have fulfilling jobs. How does a dick sound exactly? Like me. Ah. Yeah, exactly. So that's what that's what the that's what it sounds like. Sometimes I'm not always a dick. Is that what MF stands for? What? What? <laughs> I don't know. MF. Sorry, please continue. My phallus. <laughs> me phallus. Ph. Yeah, maybe. Me phallus. Anyway. Oh, it's with a P. Phallus is with a P. Yeah. Oh shit. Well, that's well. I've always been taught English. that a Ph is an F in English. So me me F. I guess in Greek, it's a Greek word. That's so a I guess phi. It would, is it? Uh, yeah. Is that the phi? Like so a weirdly, matter. it's like a C and phi. a B combined? See, weirdly, that's another bias. Because it's not part of the language that you were taught, you consider it a weird thing. And a Greek would consider Roman okay, characters to be a weird it, thing. Is it, not, is, it also, is it maybe also a bias to jump to the conclusion that I'm biased? Why? Well, because you hear me say one thing. Because you said weird. You, you gave it a... No, 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 no. Because this is the, yes. a very solid heuristic what, behind what that. If, what if when... You empathize with me. You learn that I use the word weird differently than you use it or that you understand it. Well, you use the word weird. Yes, but the the use of... We, we all use words differently. For example, when someone says they're proud of someone else, yeah. what does that mean to you? I think we're getting a little bit off topic now. Okay, so what do you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> it's up to you. It's it's your show. It's we're, not my show. It's well, our show. No, but it's it's your show in the sense that we're 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 doing your preparate your prep work for the oh, LDJ. So right. we're now this podcast episode happens to be in the service of your work. In so the, we talked about what what I would fill in as my post. Oh, so yeah, what's okay, going oh, wrong? Shit, yeah. Okay. Good. And so Thanks. we can go to the next round if you want. Yes. Oh, let's do that. So there's a couple of things that are going wrong. Hmm. Do you do you have the post its? I didn't write them down. Oh, do you have them mentally? <laughs> mentally? Uh, are you asking me to go over them again? What's going wrong? Yeah. Just to recap. Yeah, because okay. we, we veered off. We did veer off, didn't we? Um, this light makes um, your mustache look a little hitler We're just going to keep veering off yeah. if we do Sorry. this. So would you like me to answer your question? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> things just got real. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's answer the question. Gotcha. Okay, so um, there was the, the the lack of empathy. Yeah. The lack of understanding of why empathy is important. Mm -hmm. The fact that needs are latent. Yeah. And... The mixture? The, yes, misconceptions around empathy and what it is. Yeah. And, All right, um, cool. Myths, and people think that it's dangerous. So if you were to pick one of those things as it to, like, we have to solve this now, like, what's the most important thing? Out of those. Yeah. <sighs> Tough one. I would say, well, no, late the, the 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 understanding that people's real needs are latent. Okay, I think is the biggest thing that could help everyone. How would you solve it? Like, what are simple ideas that come to mind? Because you've probably got a couple ideas. Uh, well, just this is kind of a change management or awareness management thing or behavior change thing. It's just about educating people, just around sensitizing people to the idea that they have needs and desires. That they necessarily or can't necessarily articulate in a very easy way. That sounds like informing the consumer. Well, no, no, no. People within a design team oh, is right. what I mean. Okay. So, so if a if a or a design or product development team or business team or mm -hmm. whatever, anyone who's creating, um, I, I use the word designer the way Mike Montero uses the word designer. Like 
if if you're involved in any way in influencing what a product or service looks like, then you are doing design, whether right. you're a designer or not. Okay. So in that sense, like that. Or you're called a designer. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. you could be like a legal person who is or a system having architect. some... Whatever. Yeah. You're, you're designing the product or service. Yeah. De facto. So if these, if everyone that would understand or everyone that was involved in creating products and services will understand that the people for whom they're creating have needs that they cannot necessarily articulate very easily, I think we would be a lot farther than we are now. Like okay. people would be more sensitive to the fact that, you know, um, People don't act rationally. People right. are emotional. People, you know, react out of uh, mm-hmm. different things than just conscious, rational thought. Yeah. All right. So that's one post-it. What's on the other one? You're writing, you're writing solutions. Solutions now. Oh, right. Gotcha. Uh, education about how to do empathy. Okay. Education. Yeah. Tips. Cool. Like um, showing people, making, making videos, making books, making... Uh, about how to empathize. Making workshops. Cool. Yeah. 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 Having conferences. Uh, this is working really well. <laughs> actually yeah this is you're getting we're getting places that i didn't even realize were in there this yeah. is how latent shit works this is how the lightning decision thank happened. you for facilitating me yes absolutely awesome. so that would be cool to have an empathy conference just a design empathy conference well that's a design thinking conference boom in october so about no but a design empathy conference okay fair enough yeah okay so this is design thinking with empathy as the main theme Yes. So it's but you could have, for example, an entire design empathy. This could be conference. like an empathy design or almost it's humanistic death. design. Yeah, yeah. Just understanding how emotion, empathy, and sort of storytelling can all work together. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Ooh. okay. Which one is your favorite of these these solutions? Oh my god. Microwave. <laughs> my hot pocket is ready. What happened? That was the. Is that this thing? That's a time timer. Oh, we it's didn't a, turn off the. It has an obnoxious. <gasps> we didn't turn if off you the hear, timer. If timer. you heard something, we have an obnoxious. Okay. If you're a facilitator, then you know this thing. It's a time timer. If you know me, then you know the time timer because I've probably it's raged awesome. about it. Um, but it's like Happy Meal quality, way too expensive, but it's very functional when you do a workshop because you visually see how much time is left. Yes. But the, the when time the, thing is. Huge. It's huge. It's huge. But when it, the time is up, it has the most obnoxious. It's like one of those, you know, those paper cards that sing you a song when you open it. Like it's that sound of shrieky noise. Actually, we can play it again. And we forgot to turn it off. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's the obnoxious thing. Yeah. So I've had like. I don't think it's that bad. I feel like some person has gotten a heart attack in a workshop. Not not, not in my workshops, not in, not in purpose. I certainly workshops. hope not. No, I mean either, but it's like, it's one of those things that if you're not expecting, it's a jump scare. Anyway. Are you being helped by this, by the way? Is this, is this good, good preparation for your LDJ? Yeah, I just, I just, yeah, I feel like, um, jam of lightning decisions. Yeah, well, definitely. What I, what I, what I really like, what I liked about the conversation with the people from the conference was Mm -hmm. that they were kind of challenging me to think further. Ah, nice. Right. So this is. So this is noise. Uh, so this noise. is what, uh, noise. Um, <laughs> so uh, this is kind of yeah. what I, at least I hope that this is what they like. So when they hear this open kitchen thing, maybe, um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I think so. Cool. So, yeah, and so the last, well, the last phase me. would be to have a whole bunch of people then vote on the different post-its that are up there. What can we do now to put, what can we do tomorrow to have empathy? To integrate yeah. empathy into our organization. Yeah, yeah, it would be like this, so, and then in three steps. So yeah. it's like, what are the first three steps? Yeah. 
with there's with, so many dog fooding is a great one dog it's, fooding yes um what they call eating your own dog food it's basically using your own product right you know um but that yeah. mean, okay yeah. a buddy of mine andrew walker actually uh did this he was for a while he's a creative director at phillips um or was when i was working there still and he That's at some point flex bro weird flex yeah i don't understand buddy what that of means mine's creative director at phillips okay sorry <laughs> <laughs> you young people and your weird terminology I'm almost 40, like you presented, so uh, <laughs> I don't know what weird flex means. But you I see what you mean, what like, a, flex means? like a humble brag or like some kind of brag or something, yeah. I guess. Okay, now oh, I know. Sorry. It's an, yeah, it you is taught a, me weird flex. Yeah. yeah, cool. Thank you. I used the word weird in a fun anyway, way. Anyway, what he would do <laughs> when he was creative director of the, the kitchen, he did for domestic appliances. And then, so basically, he would get a bunch of people together uh, every Wednesday, Yeah, and they would use Philip's kitchen appliances to make their lunch. So that everyone in the team was hungry, was actually using a Philips appliance oh. in the way that it was meant to be used, but they're putting themselves in the shoes of the customer. That's genius. So if you use your own product, that's one How'd way. How'd you like my joke? What joke? The, the one that they were hungry. Yeah, dude. Um, no? That was a thirsty ass joke. A thirsty ass joke? Yeah. Is this what old people say? I guess. Okay. Um... <laughs> no, but dude, I love that. I, that's that's cool. So you, yeah. but, but that that does imply that you have the resources to make high fidelity prototypes that no, are functional. If you have a product, you can just have people use uh, the product. Okay, well, sure. But if you're in a product development team that doesn't have a product yet, what do you do? Oh, well, I mean, whatever prototypes you can use. Okay, yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. Okay. What Burton does is actually interesting too. They hire their customers. So everyone who works in a, anywhere near product development at Burton, Burton yeah. makes like snowboard stuff, right? They're all snowboarders. They're all like outdoorsy, snowboard, snow people. And so whenever they're designing the next snowboard or jacket or like snowboard shoes things, then these are people who are designing a little bit from their own experiences. What would what would they want to see in the oh. next coolest pair of snowboard shoes or boots? So they don't hire like a tester, but they hire designers that also snowboard. I don't exactly know whom they don't hire, but I do know that they have this policy of whenever anyone's getting hired around product development in any capacity it's mm-hmm. got to be someone who would have been who, who would be like a customer yeah right yeah. oh that's cool yeah snowboardy like ski type of people okay yeah awesome actually that's something any company i can have do. a very related and very off it's not off topic but okay. it's related it's very weird yeah i recently realized that both so there's there are there's a website ranker brand Yes. Where you can tell. Oh, yes, I love Rank a Brand. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So there anyway, you can see how sustainable brands are. They're ranked uh, on sustainable efforts, basically. Uh, they're ranked on their their messaging over their own sustainable. It's more about transparency than anything else. Okay. Yeah. Because of course you can't you can't be graded if the world doesn't know how you're doing. Um, but basically, this is like the de facto standard of how sustainable your brand is. So if you're not communicating well, then you're doing some. Okay. Doesn't matter. But there, there are a couple of sustainable brands there. Mm-hmm. A being VOD, yes. the German company, outdoor company that makes outdoor clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, Patagonia. That's like the world's or YouTube's favorite brand, I would say. Patagonia. For, for outdoor clothing. They are also great, sustainable. Great, great. Both of their oh, both of those companies have a woman as CEO. I just realized that. I realized that yesterday. Boom, shakalaka. Does that have anything to do with empathy empathy? Like what is it? Because these companies, they they make it an effort mm-hmm. to do good. Yeah. And it just so happens that the two top ranking companies have women as CEOs. I, I would say there are a lot of people who would 
who would say that that makes a big difference. Yeah. I, I understand where that comes from. And I don't want to say that it's not true. I just haven't seen any compelling evidence that, right. that would point to me that says that women or female people who are people who identify as female are somehow intrinsically more empathic or more than good boys or men are. Yeah. I would, I do. I mean, for me, it's not, it's not finished. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I think the world doesn't know. But at the same time, I think there are a lot of compelling uh, uh, bits of evidence that would suggest that it maybe is like the fact that when the Iceland Icelandic economy crashed mm-hmm. and they kicked all the men out of the leadership positions and filled them with women. And mm-hmm. now the economy is Bankers doing fucking actually amazing. jailed, right? I think, I think that's so. the only yeah. country in the world that jailed the, the bankers. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Now it's going well over there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because partially because I think they, they, they installed more females in, in positions of power and like, you know, uh, uh, women, um, people who identify as women. And uh, from, from what I've been um, reading as well, it has a bit to do with the way that, that um, little girls and little boys are socialized, right? How boys are taught to deal with their emotions versus how girls are taught to deal with their emotions mm-hmm. and what they're feeling and what, how to get what they want from other people, um, like and an risk taking behavior and society. stuff like that. It's in uh, yeah, I would say it's more in society and maybe less in the actual biology. The actual biology, yes. Oh, and that's interesting actually because I was listening to the TED Radio Hour talking about anthropomorphism, and there is the the guy who popularized the term alpha male. He's Dutch, by the way. Oh, my God. Yes. And he says that we are misusing the term alpha male ah. badly. So the term was came up, or the term was invented by someone who did research on wolves. And this guy, I forget, I forget his name, Frans von, von der Waal or something like this. Sounds very Dutch. He's very Dutch. He's a Dutch guy, but he's working, <laughs> he's I think, in Chicago Dutch. or whatever. No, oh. but if you hear him speak, <laughs> he did a great, TED, amazing TED Talk, by the way. Super cool. And his he name shows, was Franz. Von I forget the name. I forget his name. Seriously, but, but he if you talks look about at alpha male. Ted, yeah. If you look at Ted Radio Hour, you can find his name. Um, Ted Radio Hour. Okay. But basically, this guy um, talks about the fact that the real successful alpha males are the ones who show compassion, who help keep the peace, so who break up fights, the ones who help other people out. Ah, you know what I mean? Who do a lot of these very pro-social behaviors that we associate with. Let's say females or beta males or, you know what I mean? So we, then what defines an alpha male in his words? It's the one, it's the dude who's in charge. It's like, uh, so the alpha male is the male in the tribe who's in oh. charge, who has the most influence and power. But you lead her through compassion. You, right. you lead through compassion. Right, exactly. That's actually also what the, how to make friends, how to win friends and influence people is go. all about. It's just Absolutely. compassion, understanding the other, yeah. other person's perspective. Yeah. And showing that you understand that. Absolutely. That's awesome. Absolutely. And one of the things that he talks about, one of the, let's say, phenomena or observations that he cites is that comparing different, um, let's say, in charge alpha males or whatever in different tribes, the ones that exhibit more pro-social behaviors, like helping people out and showing Mm -hmm. compassion, when they get sick or when they're in a position of weakness, the rest of the tribe rallies around them and helps to defend them against other threats. Right. Whereas other ones who started like ruling by fear and whatever, yeah. and um, being very antisocial, whenever these people, these alpha males are weak, then whoever's next in line sees that weakness and goes in for the kill. Right. And no one helps them out. Oh. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's much more sustainable to be pro-social and empathic, compassionate than it is to- That is a lovely way fuck everyone to else this over. Yeah. show, this episode. <laughs> Okay, I, I get your hint. No, that wasn't a hint. I was. I felt like. <laughs> did you? Did you feel like that? That we. 
How do you feel about this as a way of ending? Oh man, I think it's I I think it's um it's good to end now. But man, I I'm telling you, I honestly could talk about this for yet another hour because I think this is a lot. It's super. I'm oh. I'm feeling good and I'm feeling energized and I love this topic. Yeah, and uh, I think we have interesting discussions around it. But you know, yeah, I, I'm also well, I'm also more than happy ending now because otherwise it just gets too long. On the <laughs> on the note of empathy, are yes. we discussing or conversing? What's the the difference? There's in cushion opinion? and discussion. It's like clashing. Why? Definition: percussion, really? concussion, discussion. It's like yeah. that's how I perceived it like a year ago. I can't unhear it. Oh, discussion is like a clash of. People conversing. Interesting. So I feel like we're sharing ideas. We're yeah. conversing about something. Yeah. Maybe debating, but we're not discussing. But that's that's wow. What, maybe debating, but not discussing. There's another distinction I would not make. Yeah. See, that's how you use words. That's yeah. what I meant earlier. I I met a I met a I met a woman, uh, like half a year ago at a cool conference. Yeah. She was like the first person I I I met her. I spoke with her like six sentences, and then then I asked her, "It's like." So then do you also use the word discussion differently? It's like, yeah, yeah, people just use discussion like for everything. It's like, but it's, it's like concussion and discussion. Mm-hmm. It's like- I've uh, heard that more often. Yeah, I just cool. don't use it that way. Yeah, I, I, I tend to steer away from using discussion. Yeah. I, I, I hear, I tend to hear that more from, let's say, non-native English speakers. Hmm. Right. Okay. I'm Thanks. sorry. That was kind of a dig. Yeah. I didn't mean, I shouldn't No, it's that. fine. Someone last week actually said, she I asked apologize. me if I was from the that's States. That's not so nice. That's, yeah. that's that that compensates. Your English is great, though, for sure. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say. I I felt, to be honest with you, I felt somehow um, challenged, and In because of my insecurity. No, no, no. Just challenged uh, intellectually. Let's right. say, and then like insecurity went to a place of fight back, and that's why I said that like nasty little snarky remark. And I, I guess apologize I do for tend it. Tend to have that effect on person people, so I apologize for my. I don't know aura. I'm sorry it's for going there. It's a good thing there. there's no flow in here. For <laughs> yeah. It's a good thing there's no two people of me. Okay, and on that note, let's let's wrap it up, man. Because I, okay. I I love talking with you about this, and I think this definitely the last word has not been said about design, empathy, workshops, purpose design, the greatness studio. Tom fucking right out, who's not here, but we love him very much. Shout out to you, boy. I hope you're having an awesome vacation in Italy. DJ Tom Thermo. Tom Thermo. Um. Yeah. Well, last words. Breda. For this, Breda, awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, I was kind of keeping that for the for the actual last. Oh, episode. sorry. No, it's fine. It's fine. It works. Um, yeah, if you if you like this show, if you dislike the show, let us know on Twitter at Shots of Purpose. What else is there, Brian? Cindy Bigglesworth. Cindy Bigglesworth. Okay, cool. Uh, we also have an email address, SOP at, sh- uh, at PurposeDesign.nl. That's SOP at PurposeDesign.nl. Twitter yeah. is at Shots of Purpose. Yeah. Um, Brian would love to talk about empathy with you. Um, <laughs> at length. At length, yes. <laughs> but I also want to listen. So as you say talk with, I like saying talk with instead yeah. of talk to. Yeah, definitely. Because yes, I, I, I want to listen as well. So if you're ever bumped Eager into to Brian John Pagan, then just ask him like, hey, how you doing? How's empathy today? <laughs> and then he'll he'll just talk about it. And you can listen and you can learn something probably. Maybe you can teach me something. That's that's even better. Yeah. Probably. I think you'll get to some point in that conversation. Boop, 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 yeah. If you want, and if you want a second episode on empathy where we continue our discussion around this topic, yeah. please let us know. 
because I'm more than happy to do it. Where can I let us know, Brian? <laughs> Where Yoast just said. Oh. On our channels, okay. our socials. Yoast, the Dutch name. Um, okay, Brian. Thank you. Yeah, thank you too. Uh, and on that note, have an awesome week. I hope you feel a lot of positive energy. Have a, yeah, great week, great meetings. If you ever have a boring meeting, just grab a bunch of post-its, start noting and voting, and that's it. Thank you for listening, and see you next time. Bye-bye.